Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Sweaty Touch podcast. My name is Callie. For those of you who are new to the Sweaty Fam, welcome, welcome. So excited you're going to be a sweaty queen. So basically, this podcast is a go-to guide for all things health and wellness, helping you and inspiring you live your best, sweatiest life ever. So no time to waste. We are going to get right into this episode and get so sweaty. Every single week, I do a thing called the sweatiest moment of the week. Basically, this is just a time of the week where I felt like I was really embracing my sweatiest self and being the best version of me. So this week, I was going to do a photo shoot with my friend and Basically, her alarm didn't go off and she was running late and it was a very early morning shoot and to be completely honest with you, I was a little annoyed and typically I would have responded with anger and frustration, but I took a step back and I was like, okay, we're just going to breathe. It's not that big of a deal. It's just like 30 minutes of your life. How can we make use of this 30 minutes? At a beautiful beach, first of all, so blessed, no reason to be upset. Secondly, you just have to move past it and forget. So, make the best out of it. So, I did, I ended up filming a quick little ab series during the time when she was coming towards the shoot, and we ended up having an actual fire photo shoot. Like, it was so good. And I'm not even kidding you guys, that is just the power of taking a step back from being frustrated or angry or whatever, and instead making use of your present time and doing something that will benefit your life in a positive way, a positive sweaty way. And then after we did our shoot, we ended up going on a paddleboard and we saw a super huge stingray. It was so cool and had a beautiful day, and had amazing conversations, and ended up doing a reformer Pilates workout after our paddleboard adventure. We had a whole day. It was so fun, and we got closer as friends, and a lot of good came out of the whole fiasco of the morning. Also, not to mention, it was so nice because after she came, we kind of talked a little bit about like why she was late, and ended up having like a little conversation about just kind of stress and feeling super hectic with life and how to get through it. So a lot of good came out of that situation and that's just an example of how you can always make a situation good regardless of how bad it may seem in the moment. Just remove the emotions out of it, all negative emotions, take them away and instead add in positive emotions, look at it from a different perspective and make it a sweaty situation. That was the sweatiest moment of the week. Really excited about it. And as I mentioned on my social media account, I decided I'm going to do a little bit of a different type of episode this week. I want to share a journey with you. It's more of a story kind of podcast episode today. And this journey I want to share is my figure skating journey. If you don't really follow me along, you probably don't know this, but I have, or I used to be a competitive figure skater for over 10 years of my life. I actually started skating skating when I was two years old, 
I didn't start figure skating until I was eight and I'm 21 now and I stopped competitively figure skating in my last year of high school and then I continued recreationally skating several years into college and I took a year off and I kind of, kind of, but I am going to get back into it. So I'm really excited and it's been a huge part of my life. It's really shaped me into who I am today and this journey is very unique to me and I feel like a lot of people don't really hear about the figure skating world and it's very intriguing a lot of drama and crazy things happen there should be a whole like ice mom show it's crazy (laughs) so yeah we're gonna get right into this and I'm gonna just start off from the very beginning very square one moment in Canada Calgary Canada I was two years old so so funny funny timing but last night, my mom actually texted me these videos of me figure skating, or not figure skating, ice skating for the first time in my neighborhood ice rink in Canada. I was all bundled up. I looked like a little munchkin mush pink ball of happiness on my bob skates, gliding around the ice at a very slow pace and falling on my butt. So cute. And I was having such a great time. So that was the very beginning of it all. And I distinctly remember one of my favorite childhood memories is skating as fast as I possibly could and diving headfirst into a pile of snow on the side of the rink. It was an amazing memory. And I just, I loved skating from day one. But it wasn't until I was actually eight years old that I began to figure skate. And funny story, I had this best friend, shout out to Hannah in Canada. She was my best friend. I wanted to do everything that Hannah did. I copied her so much. I just really looked up to Hannah and she started doing ice skating lessons and I was like, I want to do ice skating lessons. These were actually figure skating lessons. And so we started together. Basically, I couldn't even, I remember the very first lesson I took with my stir was also there with me. We sat in our shower that same night and talked for so long. We were obsessed. We were so excited after our figure skating lesson. We were like, this is amazing. We want to do it tomorrow. We want to go back. It was so, so fun to us. And I just remember, I just, wow, I just loved skating. It was like a passion I've never felt before. And we continue taking these ice skating lessons for sure how long but all I know is we went we passed through the basic skills level so fast me and my sister and Hannah obviously was also along with us but she ended up going a different route with her skating she became a hockey player so good she became really good actually I don't know if she still does hockey but she was amazing I remember and we me and my sister ended up being bigger skaters so different paths but we still were in the ice sports and it was when I was probably about seven, no, it wasn't seven, I was eight, probably almost nine. And I started taking my first private lesson with my coach, Sharon. She was the best. And it was just amazing. I remember she was just teaching me so many skills and I was just soaking in all of it. I just loved it. Like, wow, I can't even like explain how much I loved it. I just loved it. So basically the way my ice rink worked is we had our low-level sessions and then we had high-level sessions. So the low-level sessions were people like me, new to skating, probably all like eight 
ish, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, the high level skaters, they were the session after us. I remember after I got off the ice and was untying my skates, I would watch the new session of the high level skaters. And there was one girl, her name was Alexis. Her dad would always film her skating, they'd analyze her jumps and help her get them correct and I was just in awe I just remember watching her all the time I looked up to her there was several girls I just looked up to I really wanted to be like them there was one girl named Dallas and she was actually competed at Canadian Nationals and she was incredible like so so good and I remember it was my very first competition it was a local local competition at my rink, I think I was competing against like two other people. It was so small. My judge was Dallas. And I remember I was so excited. I wasn't even scared. I was excited because I wanted to show off. I wanted to, I wanted to amaze Dallas with my like single whatever. And I remember we won the competition and I was like, oh my gosh, like Dallas put me first. And I was so excited and so motivated to keep going. This motivation, you guys, it probably drove my parents mad. I know it did, but it pushed me forward and it pushed me through so many obstacles and it pushed me to level up and level up. And for the first several years of my figure skating career, I was flying through the levels. I was thriving. I was so confident. I was just, I just loved the sport. I wasn't trying to wow, or I was trying to wow people, but I wasn't doing it for them I was doing it for me because I just loved it and as I got better and better and better I got older and I started to hear things think things absorb things and slowly started to get into my head it was probably when I was around 10 10 11 I was competing and this competition was with more girls. I was still very young and I was wearing a helmet. So I wanted to backtrack a little bit because I got ahead of myself. I was in a, it's called a power class. Basically the power class is where you are skating and doing different skills on the ice that aren't jumps or spins. It's to improve your, they're called edges and footwork and speed. And these power classes are very fast and they're supposed to get your heart rate up and it's building your endurance. I was doing a pattern. I was going backwards and then another girl was going backwards. Basically, we collided and we hit heads. I hit the back of my head against her and she was, she was bigger than me. I was pretty small and I blacked out. I passed out, saw stars, fully saw stars. And I woke up on the ice sobbing and I had a major concussion. So the healthcare system in Canada, it, it was honestly not the best. And I was not scanned the way I should have been scanned for my concussion. And they just said, you have a concussion. We don't they didn't say what kind of concussion, how bad it was. We figured out that I was very bad and it still does affect me to this day. I still struggle with word problems and long lists, remembering them. It was not the best and I was off for a whole summer I couldn't interact with anyone I had to sit in my room with no tv no computer nothing and just I would sew like crafts I would literally sew things that was all I could do super exciting super riveting so if you ever think that quarantine is bad just imagine sitting in your room isolated 
for, I mean, I guess that is quarantine, staying in your room isolated, but at least you have a TV and a phone. I was so in crafts, you guys. It was pretty bad. Anyway, fast forward. My parents made me wear a helmet whenever I was skating after that because my head was obviously <laughs> concussed and not the best, very weak. I wore a helmet. It was a cute little fluffy black helmet, actually. I wore it whenever I'd compete. I wore it whenever I'd skate. And I was at this competition wearing my little helmet. I had a cute little matching black dress. It was a little, it was a look. This coach goes, why are you wearing a helmet? A coach, a grown adult to a like 11 year old kid. And I remember I was, I never really thought it was anything embarrassing. I mean, I, I wasn't obsessed with the idea of having to wear a helmet, but like, you know, it wasn't anything like detrimental. This coach made me feel so bad. And I, I remember I was so self-conscious and I mean, I skated like pretty well that competition, but still it was in my head. And after that, I was kind of embarrassed. I started to think a little bit more about, oh, like, what are people thinking of me? Blah, blah, blah. And that's when the fear started to get in to my mind. And that's when I, that's kind of the point of my journey where I started to think about what other people were thinking of me. And that's unfortunate because fast forward a few years, my family moved to Texas and I ended up gaining a little bit of weight and the moving stress. And also I was just a growing girl, you know, eating all the good foods. And I started to really struggle with my jobs. Also, I was still wearing the helmet as well. And I actually ended up learning years later from one of the girls that made fun of me at the rink that I was referred to as helmet head. Thank God I did not know that at the time. I would have been horrified. But I was still wearing that cute little helmet and I was a little... Not heavy, but I was, you know, I wasn't the stereotypical figure skater body at that point. And I was very much struggling to land the axle because I was also growing, as I mentioned, and my knees started giving me lots of problems to the point where, not to be like graphic, but I was doing the axle and I was jumping, taking off at the jump, and my knee popped and I was in horrifying pain. I had to go to physical therapy and do all this stuff for it and take a lot of time off. And that's the start of the injury series. So injuries were another factor in my journey. And they really, really shaped me into who I am. And honestly, a blessing that I had so many injuries because those obstacles made me realize you can come out on top and there's never an obstacle too big for you. So, as I mentioned, my knee was quite bad and always gave me problems as I was growing and it made jumping so difficult for me and it would give me these things I refer to as mental blocks. Whenever I would take off for a jump, so basically what a takeoff is, if you watch a figure skater, they step into the jump and then they leap up and spin. I'm trying to make this super simple for you. The takeoff is the part where they step into it. So you're on a very specific, it's called an edge, the edge, the side of the blade that you're basically gliding on. You're on an edge. You have to do everything precision perfectly. Your body has to be in the right angles. Your head has to be angled right. It is a process, you guys. It is a very precise sport. Lots of aerodynamics going on. And the takeoff is the most important point, in my opinion, of a jump because 
This is the point when you have to have the right headspace. Your head controls everything you do. If you are hesitant, you pop the jump. Pop the jump means you step into it, take off, you freeze in the air, and you don't rotate. So when you're hesitant, you pop it. Or you halfway go for it, fall on your butt. Or you don't rotate all the way. If you go for it with absolute confidence and you imagine yourself prior to the jump landing it, doing it perfectly, most likely it's going to happen the way you want it to. It's all in your head. I'm not even kidding. Strength is a huge part of it. But when you let go of those fears, of those worries, and you go for it, it works. Anyway, I was in my head a lot. And I had these mental blocks that made me pop my jumps constantly, take off, fall my butt all the time, just because I was, I was literally half-assing it. Like I wasn't going for 100%. And I really struggled with this fear of failure because I was scared of what other people were thinking of me when I was skating, what the coaches were thinking of me, what the moms were thinking of me. I wanted to impress other people, but I was training, you guys. I was practicing. I was obviously going to fail, and I just couldn't let myself accept the fact that every jump wasn't going to be perfect. I only could do the best I could possibly do. So this definitely led to a lot of issues just in my headspace and they carried down the line. Unfortunately, I did still um, improve, obviously, but like it was just a constant battle with me in my head. No one else. I was learning jumps and I was just I was so scared. I was so scared of just the pain would come from falling, even though I hadn't even fallen. And when I would compete, I had times when I would just go out there and it just it was all in my head I would just pop my jumps I would not perform nearly as well as I practiced and it was discouraging I would cry I would cry so much in the car home from competitions I would sob you guys I just didn't get it I worked so hard in practice I tried my best but these mental blocks just stopped me from being my best self Honestly. I think a big part of why I'm sweating, I know it is all about being the best version of yourself, is because I really struggled with being the best version of myself and I held myself back for so many years. I don't want someone else to feel the same way I felt, regardless if you're a competitive figure skater or not. It happens in every aspect of our life. I'm going to continue the journey before I really reflect on it, but basically, as I continue to skate, I also switched coaches around a lot because I wanted the best training there was offered in the city and I ended up with this coach her name was Lefke. Lefke holds a really really special place in my heart and has made a huge impact on my life. So Lefke was this beautiful Greek woman. She taught me how to be confident in my real life and on the ice. I would come from school and I would be in a really bad mood from something that happened at school and she would talk me through it and she would just be like a mentor, like a big sister. She was great. And she choreographed the most beautiful programs for me. I remember I wanted to skate so bad to Samson and Delilah. It was like an Egyptian classical piece. She put together the most beautiful program. It was just so good. Same thing with I wanted to skate to 
this other song that she just made the most beautiful program to it. And another one, it was called, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it was from this movie. And it was like a Japanese piece. It was just so gorgeous. Anyway, basically what happened that really affected me was, so actually, I'm not going to talk about this yet. So there was a, so okay, basically the way it works in the skating world is that you have your coaches and within the coaches, they have like little teams. So, well, not teams, but they have other students. And basically you become really good friends with the students of the coaches. And one of Lefke's students was a girl named Jillian. I always really looked up to Jillian. I thought she was a beautiful skater and I wanted to be coached by her coach and her coach was Lefke. So me and Jillian actually became best friends and it it was amazing. It was so fun. Like we had the best times on practice together. And I remember she'd come over and we'd make cookies together and jump on my trampoline and all this stuff. We were just such great friends. So that was like an amazing part of having Lefke as a coach. And that also led me to just so many more things in my journey. So Jillian skated also at Sugarland and I remember you guys don't even know what Sugarland is. Sugarland is an ice rink. And it was like another ice rink with so many even more next level training and coaches and athletes. It was so cool. So that brought me to this other rink as well. But okay, so I'm at this other rink and I start training with another set of coaches, but Lefty is still my primary coach. These other coaches are Russian coaches. They are incredible and I literally love them so, so much. I am training with them and it's a weird like transitional period where I'm starting to like kind of want this other rink to be my head rink and I show up to practice one day and it's summertime and I'm supposed to have a lesson with Lefty that day and one of those coaches pulls me over. I'm like, what's up? Hi, like, good morning. Like, we need to sit. And we sit, and she goes, Lefty passed away last night. I remember at this moment, like it was yesterday. I didn't really know what to think of it. I was so caught off guard because I had talked to Lefty the day before. And basically, Lefty took her own life. And it was so, so hard. It really just dampened my skating journey so much because Lefty brought this amazing energy and just love to the ice rink and she was my coach she taught me so so much and it was just it was heartbreaking it was heartbreaking to this day I tear up all the time thinking about it I don't really talk or tell a lot of people like this part of my life but it did really impact me a lot and after she passed away I did continue to skate and I remember one of my programs at the time it was my short program a program is your skating routine it was choreographed by her and every time I would skate it I would internally dedicate it to her in her honor it was just so beautiful choreography even to this day I watch the program and I just think of her I don't even think of what I'm doing I think of her so she really impacted my journey and after that I wanted to keep skating because I wanted I was so inspired by her I just wanted to keep 
she loved the sport of skating. It was just so important to her. And I wanted to keep skating so much because I wanted to be that skater that she thought I could be. She really had so much confidence in me that I didn't have in myself. And I continued to skate. So my coaches now were these Russian coaches. They were the best, you guys. They were so funny and I just really liked them. And they did help take my skating to that next level. I started doing really difficult jumps with them. I became so strong and so powerful when I'd skate. And the other people that I was training with, they were just so amazing to train with. They were so talented. And we would do these two-hour-long Saturday off-ice classes. And I remember I would die. I'd be so tired afterwards. My dad would pick me up, and we'd go and get cheeseburgers. I was so hungry and so hangry. And I'd be sore the next day, and I'd repeat it all again the next week. It was just the best. And this was great. I was becoming such a talented skater. And I was so excited to see where my career was going to go. My dream was to go to the Olympics. I wanted to go to the Olympics so, so bad. That was the dream. And unfortunately, my dream did come to an end because my dad lost his job and I couldn't continue to train at the level and amount of time I was training at because figure skating is a very expensive sport in case you don't know. It's very expensive, time-consuming, and it's just not practical if your family doesn't have a job. I didn't understand this at the time. I was so angry, and I really think I've held this anger against my dad for quite some time internally, and I really am starting to see it from their perspective, and it's definitely helping heal my relationship with them. But anyway, I had to slow down skating, and I started doing other sports like track and field and cheerleading, and it was great, being immersed in new sports and getting different social opportunities at my school because I never been involved at my schools before because I'd always been leaving school early or going to school late for training and it was cool and then the journey continues I moved again and I moved to Pittsburgh and I did keep skating there but my coach there was also amazing but I did start to skate less and less as I started to realize more and more that I wanted a social life and that I didn't I wasn't going to be going to the Olympics. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with the sport. I was getting frustrated because I had gained some weight and she made, my coach made a comment that I was too heavy to compete and it just kind of started to affect me mentally and I wasn't loving the sport like I used to anymore. So I had a moment of where I quit. I quit figure skating. I was done. I had failed a test. The tests are basically done to level up and I had failed this one test and I quit on the spot. I was like, I'm done. It was definitely a rash decision and I did end up going back to the sport and I started skating once forever. (laughs) I started skating for fun. Hadn't skated for fun since I was eight and I did start to realize, oh, I actually do really love this sport, but it wasn't wasn't training enough to where I was really going to be able to compete like I used to. And I went to college, stopped really skating. And I started a figure skating club with some other girls and I started skating a little bit and basically it's kind of fizzled away. I haven't really skated as much. I haven't skated in like a year at this point. 
but I want to skate probably tomorrow. So you know what? I'm going to skate tomorrow. I'm going to do it. After over a year of not skating, I'm going to do it because I miss it. And the reason I wanted to share this journey with you, I haven't shared this journey with like anyone. It's, it's so, to me, this journey has defined me. It's made me me. I have learned so much from it. Like the amount of when you're a figure skater, you're in it alone, essentially. Yeah, you have your coach, you have your parents, you have your friends, you have whoever else supports you. But end of the day, it's you and the ice. When you're competing, there's no one else but you. It takes guts to skate. It takes guts to perform in front of people, in front of judges, to fall on your butt in front of everyone. It's embarrassing and scary. But it's really made me me. And I think the reason I'm so confident today and I'm so, my eyes are on my own lane for the most part, and I really have become more self-aware, is whenever I've taken time to sit down and just analyze my journey as a figure skater, I have seen things that I, patterns and habits I had that did hold me back. And I don't want those to hold me back anymore. All of the decisions and all of the things that I did when I trained, they can easily translate into present life, into every day. It's when you get up after you fall down and you make your life even better than it was before and you learn from it and you adjust and move along to become your best self. That's the same as when you skate and you go for a jump. It doesn't work out the way you were hoping it would. Same thing. You're in a competition. You think you killed it. You finish that program and you're like, yes, I got gold. You look at the scores and you're second to last place. Sometimes life just doesn't happen as we hope. But you always have to just learn from situations. You can't sit there and dwell on all the negatives. Why did I, don't, why did I not do so good? I must suck. You can't tell yourself that. Maybe look at it as, why didn't I do so good? Why didn't I win? Why didn't this work? How can I make it better next time? Think of it like that. Always be in that kind of headspace. Also, the people you surround yourself with, they do make a difference. My coaches, if I hadn't had them as coaches, I wouldn't be where I am today. They taught me so much and the culture that they brought to the rink that was the culture that carried into my training intensity it was an intense culture yes at times I cried and it was too much when I got yelled at but it also made me super super motivated and I worked my butt off every single practice because that was the level of intensity that other kids from who were trained by my coaches were also working at same thing in real life Who are you friends with? Are they making you the best version you possibly can be? Are they bringing out qualities that you want in yourself? When you're with them, do you feel like fulfilled or unfulfilled? Do you feel like maybe drinking every night, hanging out with those guys, smoking, whatnot, waking up the next morning just in an actual state of pain in your head? every single day is that what you want your life to be like is there more to it are the qualities 
there that you want. I'm not saying this stuff to like offend you or make you feel bad about your life. Everyone deserves to have fun and what like do whatever you want. But I think there is a time and place when you can kind of be like, is this who I want to be? Is this my life's purpose? Is this where I my soul is drawn to? So anyway, I I really hope that my journey does inspire you in some sort of way. I did want to share it with you because I think especially now during this time of our world where everything just seems so uncertain and so up and down that it can just become very discouraging. But I want you I want to show you that my skating journey maybe didn't end up where I wanted to be. Maybe I didn't become an Olympic champion, but it did. To me it was successful because it made me so strong and it made me how I am today. So even on those days, the darkest days of time when you just don't think you can keep going, remember that even the lowest falls, the hardest falls, the ones that try to break you, maybe they do break you, you can always heal from them. You can always recover. Please never forget that. Anyway, I do hope you love this journey and let me know in my DMs, takeaways you had, questions you have anything topic requests let me know i love hearing from you guys seriously my instagram handle is the sweaty sesh that is the podcast handle and my main health and wellness account is i'm sweaty and i know it so definitely follow both of those and message me other than that my sweaty queen have a beautiful beautiful rest of your day of your week you are gonna have such a great week, I promise. Tell yourself you are. It's all in that mindset. Anyway, love you so much. Have a great day, my sweaty queen. And as always, stay sweaty. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.